Before we get into the podcast, be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at This Strange World Podcast and on Twitter at This Strange Pod. Welcome back to This Strange World. I'm Gavin. I'm Leah. And I'm Chris. We should start just saying stuff with the random cadence. Uh, we got a new... We got Brand a groovy new. new episode for you cool cats Gro- out there, man. Cool cats. <sighs> ah, cool cats. Ah. Did you do that on purpose? No, I happen? didn't actually. I was just trying to be like one of those things. There was like a, um, there was a, a like TV a show that I used to watch. There was a TV show I used to watch on HBO when I was a kid. And it was uh, called Crashbox. I don't know if you've heard of it. And there was a, a game that would they would play. And it was like this radio guy. And he was like like a like a cool, groovy jazz radio host. I think I was just making fun of jazz radio host. But wow, that was <laughs> uh, that was crazy that that just happened to happen. Uh, just so happened to happen. Um, so this week, uh, we got a brand new episode. Number seven, felines. You know what a feline is? What is a feeling, Kevin? I think Leah knows. Meow. Meow, meow. Wait, I don't... Wait. Meow. Well, first, first, before we get into felines, listeners, if this is your first time listening to The Strange World, first off, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Second of all, times. What are you doing? This is episode seven. Listen to the first one of the season. Humanoids. Or listen to the first episode of the first season if you haven't heard our podcast yet. Titanic. Um, maybe don't go back that far. We've gotten a lot yeah, of Yeah, not now. that far. <laughs> um, but if you don't know what cryptids are, if this is your first time and you're like, what the heck is a cryptid? According to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, definitely one of my top three dictionaries, a cryptid is an animal that has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist. Now, I know this is popular belief, guys, but contrary... <laughs> <laughs> to popular belief, cryptids don't actually have to be supernatural, what? mystical, or oh, even all that strange. They what? Are... <laughs> Though many popular creatures acquired those characteristics that's... after Legends Grow. Gavin, that's contrary to my popular belief. I know. It's crazy. Merriam-Webster's popping off. Uh, but today, specifically, we're going to be talking about feline cryptids we've talked about a lot of different types of cryptids specifically six other types uh and this is number seven so we'll get right into it so as we were teasing feline spoiler alert are types of cats so these are for cat-based cryptids cats are pretty well represented in cryptozoology uh, and cryptid cats have been the sole subject of a variety of cryptozoological works Mystery cats fall into various categories with possible explanations, including alien big cats, undocumented hybrids, emergent species, possible undescribed species, and theoretical survivals of prehistoric cats. They may also be classified as distinct types such as spotted lions, dark leopards, or speckled jaguars. A lot of times, a lot of these cats, you're going to hear a new term uh, called fearsome critters. A lot of these cats, which we could do a whole episode on fearsome critters, 
But fearsome critters is a term used to describe any mythological or folkloric creature from early lumberjack tales that were said to inhabit the wilderness of North America. Fearsome critters were an integral part of oral tradition in North American lumber camps during the turn of the 20th century, and this tradition continues until nowadays. So fearsome critters is almost another branch of cryptids in and of itself, and it represents a lot more mythological and folkloric creatures, as I just said. Um, so a lot of these feline cryptids fit under that category, as opposed to some of the ones from like last episode, Sky Serpent is not going to be a fearsome critter. I feel like fearsome critters are usually like cuter, you know, not that Sky Serpents can't be cute. Sky Serpents can be so cute. Should I jump right in? Should we talk about the first cat? Eli? Yeah, you better jump right in, but you better land on your feet this time. Ho, ho, ho. Well, I'm sure you would love for me to start off with just a cute, cuddly cat, right? Well, that's not what you're going to get. The first cat we're talking about is the cactus cat. No, thank you. It's actually quite soft. Just cactus. kidding. I'll definitely hug cactus. it. You got me, Gavin. Aha. The cactus cat is a mythological creature and fearsome critter that has been reported in the American Southwest. It's described as a bobcat-like animal with thorn-like fur, sharp bones protruding from its front legs, and a branched tail. The cactus cat has been sighted in the southwestern desert and states such as California, Nevada, what? and New Mexico, with a few sightings in Colorado. Hmm. Leah, hmm. later this weekend, me and you are going to go cactus cat hunting. Yeah, I'm good. This is the first, this is one of the first things that we're like, oh, let's go to these places. Well, we already live here. Cactus cat also, I want to say cactus cat does sound like a DJ name. Like, oh, DJ cactus cat. It would be a dope DJ name. That would be a good one. Cowboys and pioneers of the 19th century made up tales of these strange beasts coming out at night, slashing open cacti, exposing the sap. On later nights, the creatures were said to drink the fermented juice. This caused the cats to enter an intoxicated state, stumbling around and rarely attacking travelers. Attacks by these strange varmints, though considered rare, did happen from time to time, with many frontiersmen waking up to find welts on their body from the cat's barbed tail. Despite these attacks, the cactus cat was not considered an aggressive creature, except towards cacti. The critter was also known to have a unique and haunting wail that could be heard throughout the night through the darkest desert, along with the dry sound of its bones rubbing together. I will say, a lot of these cats, this will be a common theme, they got a lot of whales, W-A-I-L, as in a lot of like, eh. Oh, like whales. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people will, it's, it's a pretty noticeable thing. Have you guys ever heard a cat's whale? Yeah, actually. There were cats that lived outside of my uncle's house that you could hear them wail. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the most interesting parts about the cactus cat is how it originally is like, oh, it's a cat that opens up cactuses, cacti, I should say, and gets this, drinks the sap to kind of become like drunk, and then they'll sometimes attack people. And then they kind of are a little spiky. But I think it's definitely transformed over time that it's like literally a cactus in the shape of a cat or a cat that has cactus fur. Because most renderings of it now, it's a lot of like cats 
that are just spiky and green like cactuses. So this one definitely, I'm sure, has been blown out of proportions. But I could totally see a cat figuring out that they like the way that the sap tastes from cactuses and then occasionally slashing people that they don't like, that aggravate them. I can see how this might be a thing that people would say like they found something like let's say there's a stray cat back in the 19th century and mm-hmm. they went there's probably cactuses all over the place right this cat might have been hunting something or getting chased by something so it dove into a place that there were a lot of cactuses so we get all the spines in it right Perfect. so then it starts walking around at night it's still got the spines in it because they can't pick up the spines they don't got hands they're cats um, right they're Duh. cats so <laughs> It seems to me that a cat with a bunch of spines on it because of the cactus attack would walk up to these cowboys and pioneers and the pioneers would be like, I don't know what this is. This is a cactus cat. It has to be. So I'm not doubting their, I'm not doubting their tails, but I think that it was just a cat with spines in it. Yeah, most likely. Well, some reasons why it's a little bit aggressive. So there's a book in 2015 called Fearsome Creatures about fearsome critters. And it described the cactus cat as the descendant of the wampus cat and the ball-tailed cat. Now, keep in mind the wampus, because we're going to talk about the wampus later. That's one of the biggest uh, feline cryptids. But the cat is remade to be the same but bigger with a ball on the end of its tail that has spikes on it and on the cactus cat's tongue. The cactus cat is also no longer extinct in the book, like with some other cats. The cactus cat does not like human stealing cactus sap to be made as a syrup alternative and kills those who does. The scientific name is Wampus bibulus. So that's why I'm saying that over time, what once was just a cat that liked to drink the sap, now it's got a spiky tail and it's got spikes on its tongue. So it's kind of blown a little bit out of proportions, but I feel like that's a lot of like, you know, storytelling and word of mouth stories. That would be a cute Pokemon. A cactus cat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would, yeah, I can see that. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, I mean, it does, uh, you know what, we'll do a rare, um, a rare screen share to the, not to you people at home, but to Chris and Leah. These are what the cactus cat looks like. Oh. But like, that is, tell me, tell me that's not a Pokemon. That is a Pokemon. Cactus cat. It looks like. It's a little bit out of our region from California. It does. It's a little. So describe uh, what this cat that we're looking at looks like. It's a green cat. It's got the balls on it. It's got a ball on its head with spikes coming out. It's got four balls on its tail. And it's got like those really sharp fang looking things on the on the dew claws. Yeah. So definitely would make a good Pokemon. Guys, hmm. I got some bad news. No. I'm sorry to ruin your illusion of this cactus cat, but I do have some explanations of why it might might not exist. The story of the cactus cat is probably fueled by numerous cases of misidentification, most likely being a bobcat, mountain lion, or porcupine. The cat's whale may have been that of a puma. It is also likely that the affable cactus cat was never believed to exist, and like most fearsome critters, was a product of a few bored woodsmen on a warm desert night. So again, a tall tale, most likely. That's upsetting. That's upsetting. Yeah. Well, this cat, definitely not a tall tale. Not a tall tale. Might be. That's for you to decide. This is the 
Sliver Cat. Now, I actually Ooh. don't have too much about it, but the Sliver Cat is a bizarre creature which was first reported by the frontiersmen of North America, which have since become known as fearsome critters. So again, fearsome critters, like the definition from earlier. It is said to be a large arboreal feline creature with adults weighing in at 300 pounds, Ooh. sporting tasseled ears and possessed of horizontal rather than vertical slits in their red eyes. The sliver cat's most distinguishing feature, however, is its tail. 11 feet long and as powerful as that of any boa constrictor, it ends in a bony club-like growth, which has spiked out on one side, much like the thagomizers evolved by dinosaurs, such as the stegosaurus, yet smooth and hard on the other side. They are rumored to make their layers in the highest bouts of the tallest trees. Basically, it's a tail that looks like a club with spikes on it. That's dope. So kind of like the cactus cat. Yes. That's what okay. it sounds like. They're yeah. all in the same vein. I mean, well, they're all fearsome critters. Not all of them are fearsome critters, but a lot oh. of them are fearsome critters. So I will say, I mean, this is something we could have mentioned at any point. I feel like this category, possibly more than any, Lake Monsters is also in a similar vein. I feel like a lot of these can be debunked that it was just some other big cat and then people are making up all these other cats in, in the same way of like the chupacabra is probably a coyote or something like that but then they're like it's a different creature like mm. these could be like like it said earlier pumas jaguars lions whatever and then people are like oh well that's a different cat and it's specific like that and it just so happens that these are in, just in a lot of different regions of north america yeah and they're also probably all tall tales but just different twerks to the the cat it seems exactly they all have slightly different things because like the sliver cat is not it doesn't have the whole sap thing and cactus thing pretty normal cat it just has the big you know club-like tail that can kill someone like a boa constrictor simple that's a lovely image <laughs> yeah um i will say would you guys like to hear about the feeding habits and or mating rituals of the sliver cat Oh, uh, we'll do absolutely. We'll do the feeding habits first. So that means you gotta stick around for the main ritual. An ambush predator by nature, a sliver cat will wait in the branches of a low slung tree until something tempting wanders beneath. At this point, the sliver cat will knock its victim senseless with the rounded side of its tail before hooking the spike side into the poor, unfortunate creature in order to drag the victim up into the roast to be devoured at leisure. It is because of this behavior that sliver cats are said to be so dangerous to humans who are unaware of their existence. So they're like hiding up in trees waiting to just clonk you over the head and then snatch you up. Oh. It's gruesome. That is gruesome. So still much different than cactus cats, which are probably pretty low to the ground, scraping some shins. I, I like how the cactus cat gets drunk. I do like that. I do like that element of it. <laughs> Um, would you like to hear the mating ritual? Yeah. Yes, I would. During the mating season, a male sliver cat will beat his tail against his chest like a drum, being sure to use the smooth side, of course, to play a rhythm which will attract female sliver cats. It's very like a bird-like mating ritual of being like, or it's like a the scene from what's that? Uh, what's yeah? What's that? Uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, I haven't seen that movie yet. Like uh, Matthew McConaughey. 
but it's oh, I've very... seen that scene before, though. Yeah, that scene. About. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think of that mating ritual? It gets me in the mood. I feel like there have had... I mean, it's specified, obviously, hitting the sm- with the smooth side. Right. But imagine the time where it's too caught up. Oh, man. There's a smoke show sliver cat over there. I got a... There's a batty sliver cat, and I got to get her attention, and then accidentally does it with the... Uh, Side with the spikes, with the spiky side up, not very smooth. No, but that had to have happened because this cat is obviously real. Well, I'm thinking like, you know how like there's like survival of the fittest, and like how of like course. there's natural selection. So maybe natural selection, maybe they learned to use the smooth side because some, you know, jacked up sliver cat is getting like super into this other sliver cat and forgets how to use the smooth side and then uses the pointy side and then they're like uh, and then they either like get really hurt or they you know don't make it and now like they learn like oh we got to use the smooth side that's because i can't i forget sometimes and then and that's okay and that's okay not for the sliver cat true but it'll make a hell of a story though um so the last two that i'm going to talk about i'm kind of going to talk about them both at the same time uh, the one I'm going to talk about first is the Saunter. The second one is the Wampus Cat. Now, the Wampus Cat, I was saying this to Leah before we recorded, it's pretty much like the one, definitely one of the, which is why I saved it to the end, even though it's been referenced in everything else, uh, one of the bigger feline cryptids um, that a lot of, but also one of the ones that has the biggest like mythology. There's a lot of Cherokee mythology relating to the Wampus Cat, but the Santer is like a different... Um, it's the same type of iteration where it's like just it's basically the wampus cat, but in a different region and slightly different features. So that's why we'll introduce the idea of this wampus cat with the Santer, who's also sometimes referred to as wampus um, before getting into the wampus cat, which has other names and is uh, much more rooted in uh, Cherokee mythology. So the Santer, uh, also referred to as the wampus, is a mysterious feline reported below the Mason-Dixie line. It is commonly seen in western North Carolina. It is rarely dangerous to mankind, but a frequent predator to livestock. The origin of this creature likely came from tales of lumberjacks in the 19th and early 20th century. So nothing new is lumberjack tales. So the Santer is said to have a long body covered with reddish and sometimes gray hair. Its head is large and bald with small eyes. It also has long legs and a tail that has eight hard knots in it, which make them look like a string of beads. It can swing its tail with plenty of power and skill, enough to knock out a cow or a hog with one slap. And obviously, this tail can be very effective in combat. It lives mostly in wooded swamps in the neighborhood of small villages where cattle and hogs are kept. It is a remarkably fast animal and is rarely seen. Its cry is a piercing, baby-like wail that makes even dogs too scared to attack. This is the Santer. Wow. This seems like they have, like, the whole, like, surviving out the wild thing down to a science. Like, first, like, the cry to get it away. And if that doesn't scare you, then it's literally, like, a one punch and you're done. Like, yeah. it can knock out a cow. How big are these things? Are they huge? Um, They're pretty big. They're definitely, like, big cat size. Like... Does it make sense that they can knock out a fully grown cow in one slap? Or is that like a suit? Or is that, does that have to be like a very powerful tail? 
Um, I think it's a big cat. I think all of these are kind of big cats. I think the interesting thing is that you say that they have living in the wild down. Yeah, it's because they're just staked up outside villages just waiting for people to bring their livestock to, and then they just swoop in and kill the livestock at night when nobody's there. And oh. then... They're like seagulls. Yeah, exactly. Like They go, they buy a new cow, and then all of a sudden the next day... Cow's dead. The Santer is like, wow, thanks for buying me this cow. Thank you so yeah. much for this cow. This is my cow now. This is my, my cow. cow. Yeah. So uh, one of the other reasons why I wanted to talk about the Santer is because there are some pretty notable sightings of it, which a lot of these other ones, I mean, it's the same type of thing. You know how it goes. People are like, something killed my livestock, and then it was a big cat, and it's whatever. Um, but the Santer, let's talk about some sightings. So the Santa has been reported to have preyed on livestock and local pets. It is also said to have attacked children. It was first reported on September 4th, 1890, in an issue of the Statesville Landmark. A police officer by the name of Mr. Fettel claimed to have shot at it while it was after a dog. Its tracks were said to have been seen the next morning. Santa has also allegedly eaten seven pigs and 15 cows. A hunting party was made to catch the creature, but it was neither seen nor heard. However, its tracks were found, and it is said to have been eight inches long and four inches wide. Its hind tracks were said to be similar to bears. So you're asking if it's big? Its footprint is eight inches long and four inches wide. It's a big cat. It's a pretty big cat. It's a very big cat. Big boy. Oh, yeah. It's a very big cat. Also, a very hungry cat that in, like, I don't know if this was all in one night, or if this is what they found overall, but seven pigs and 15 cows? That's a lot. For one, like in one sitting? That's what I'm saying. They weren't clear about whether that was over one night or whether that was like over time, just in the small right. town. But even still, those are some big numbers. This cat is pulling in big numbers. That's impressive. It is. I'm, yeah. Holy crap. Like, Wait, hang on. Let me holy cow. Holy, holy cow. Holy cow. Ha ha. It's a, yeah, eight inches long, four inches wide. It killed seven pigs and 15 cows. Yeah. So it's like one punch, the thing is gone, and then it eats it because, like, I don't know about you, but if a cow sees another cow get hit and then eaten, they're all running away. So this thing is either really good at hunting. Bang. bang. Yeah, Or it goes like bang, 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 all the way down the line. Like it just like walks down the line and slaps all the cows. Or it's really fast. Yeah. I mean, considering it's got big feet, it's probably got some powerful legs. So I'm sure it is very quick. In a different newspaper's October 4th, 1890 issue, a possum hunter named Abe Harbin heard the Santa, which scared his dogs to come back towards him. Another man, Adam Lenz, claimed to see what he said, quote, only a glimpse, end quote, of it. This sighting was enough for him to say it wasn't quite as big as a cow. On a Monday night, it visited two widows' house, rearing up against the door and growling. Probably some sort of coyote or something, I feel like. Um, probably. Because yeah. I don't think, I don't think cats, do they growl? Do cats growl? They purr. They, they hiss. Growl. They hiss. They growl. I think that cats growl. Maybe big cats, probably. Maybe big, yeah, big cats growl. Yeah. But like, I would say a coyote would more so growl than a cat would, especially jumping up on someone's 
door like that and growling. Like it, you're telling me the Sancha cat that has a tail that can knock out a cow in one hit, uh, doesn't can't break down a door. I feel like it probably could. I feel like it can probably break down a door too. Yeah. It would if it can kill that many animals and. One fellow swoop, then it can probably break down a door. That's why I'm thinking this might be a coyote as well, Gavin, because, like, the, especially the Monday Night one, it says, like, on Monday Night, visit two widows' houses, rearing up against the door and growling. Like, it's gonna... It's gonna break that door down if it has a tail like that. A coyote can't do that. Yeah. Well, I got one more sighting for you on May 31st, 1899. So, also, all of these sightings were from the 1890s. So that's a pretty long time ago. And there were other sightings, but I thought these were some of the more interesting ones. So this last sighting, 1899, it was reported to have eaten 12 chickens. The woman who sighted it claimed it had a gray appearance and between the size of a cat and a dog. Accounts of the Santa continued until the 1920s. That's a coyote. Yeah, that's a coyote. Yeah. A size of a cat and a dog, that's a coyote. Yeah. So, before we move on to the Wampus Cat, which is what we've all been, all been gearing up towards, and the Santa's kind of a version of the Wampus Cat, um, so you've already got a little taste of it, um, it, uh, it saddens me once again that I have to tell you about why the Santa is a hoax. I'm sorry. I'm okay. so... No, this is such a depressing episode. I know. It's a lot of why is hoaxes. All hoaxes? I know that these aren't real. Maybe the Wampus Cat will be real. So, in the 1890s, do you think newspapers really had a lot to talk about? Or do you think maybe they were stretching some things to sell papers? Both. I think they need something that's going to catch people's eye. I think they need someone that the guy's like, extra, extra, read all about it. It's going to have to have an eye-catching something, so I would agree with you, Gavin. Yeah, so... Newspapers of the time sometimes created stories to attract sales. The statesman Landsmark was especially accused of this until other accounts of the Santer came to be. Like many other fearsome creatures, the Santer is most likely a tale invented by, say it with me, lumberjacks. So, lumberjacks. Yeah. Anyway, on to our final one. Very excited to talk about it. If you've stuck around this far, the Wampus Cat. The Wampus Cat, also known as the Wampus Beast or Cherokee Death Cat. So, definitely the dopest names. Uh, is a large panther slash cat-like creature in American folklore. Its origins are thought to have come from Cherokee mythology and tales of the lumberjacks. And can range from frightful to comical, depending on the region. The appearance of the Wampus Cat varies widely, though generally it's a cat-like creature that terrorizes neighborhoods. It is also sometimes described as being half cat and half dog. In West Texas, it's reported to be nocturnal in nature and infamous for its terribly loud, quote, raucous voice. In Washington State, it's thought to shed its whiskers, white ones by day and black ones by night. It is also often depicted as being a fearsome water panther having fur as, quote, black as dusk. In non-Native American cultures, it's said it has glowing yellow eyes that can pierce through people's souls and drive them insane. It also, sometimes reported, to walk on its hind legs. So as you can tell already, the Wampus Cat has a lot more, like, word-of-mouth story descriptions about it. 
don't you think? It seems like it has the movement of a bear, how it can walk on its hind legs as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like this, and I mean also the Santa, because they're kind of the same thing, but slightly different. But even like with the Santa having like the huge feet, like, yeah, these are probably close to the size of like bears. I don't know if I've ever seen a bear, maybe in a zoo. I saw a black bear once running across the road when I was driving in Vermont. That's that tracks. That makes sense with Vermont. Right. Maybe you saw a wampus cat in, uh, maybe it was a wampus cat. Maybe it was a, a, a Santa cat. Who's to say? Maybe it was a cactus cat. <laughs> also possible. Also possible. Here are some other descriptions of it. And I really, this might be my favorite paragraph of the episode just because of how, like, it's like, I'm trying to think of what to compare it to. It's the type of thing where people are like, I hear that. It, it drives you insane. And, like, it just all sounds like ridiculous um, villagers being like, I heard this tall tale. And it's all like, word- this is the most word of mouthy thing that will probably be in this entire season. Um, so, allegedly, females can only be killed with a crosscut saw, and the males are practically, but not completely, indestructible with the germ of blister rust in their fur. The glare from their eyes is said to start forest fires under a full moon's influence. Their footprints are only visible in solid rock. The wampus cat steals prospectors' picks to brush their teeth. If the wampus cat wades a stream, the fish won't bite for a week. When the wampus cat is on the prowl, the only game is the fool hen. The howl of the wampus cat on a lonely night curdles a croak of sourdough. The wampus cat lurks on a craggly promontory with its tuft ears aslant like the budging prongs of a young goat. The wampus cat can change its voice from the customary howl of a disfranchised banshee to the bleat of a kid. You know, I have a problem with this description, and I'll just say it pretty quickly. Really? But... You have a problem with it? Yes, I do. <laughs> it, it sounds like a cop It sounds like a cop-out. The wampus cat wades a stream and the fish won't bite for a week. Sounds like something a storyteller of some guy who's out living at like a frontiersman or some North American guy that's you fishing. Shit, and Chris, of like, course it is. That's exactly Bill, what it is. Bill, why why aren't you catching anything? Oh, it's that damn wampus cat been prowling around here. They don't uh, fish don't bite for a week when that wampus cat wades through here. How I'm shocked that you can't believe this. This is all 100% true. I heard it from old Timmy the prospector. He told me that it was true. So I, yeah, I agree. (laughs) I definitely agree with you on this one, which is why I prefaced it by saying really this whole episode in general, very folklore driven to round out this episode. I'm just going to talk a little bit about the mythology of the wampus cat. And I mean, even just the different articles I was looking at about relating to the wampus cat, they were all quite lengthy and we probably could have done a whole episode on the wampus cat, but There are many tales of the wampus cat in Cherokee mythology. In one tale, the wampus cat is known as the Iwa. In one tale, the wampus cat is known as the Iwa, a Cherokee woman who did not trust her husband. This woman's husband went out to hunt with his fellow warrior. Suspicious, the woman put on a mountain lion coat and went to spy on him. When she found out, the medicine man punished her by forcing her to wear the skin forever, transforming her spirit into the wampus cat. Oh, I thought you, well, it kind of makes sense, but I was going to say, yeah, the coat was like always attached to her and then something happened. Yeah, you had to, you had to stick it out to the end. It's quite a weird one. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it sounds a lot like the uh, the old tales of the Wendigos that we used to talk about when I did um, the cryptids episode of the Wendigos, because there was a lot of stuff about people would transform into animals. True. Very true. Another tale tells the story of husband and wife standing bear and running deer. Standing Bear, the strongest warrior, went out to battle with the Iwa, who was terrorizing their village. Eventually, Standing Bear returned, driven insane by the Iwa, and a shell of the warrior he once was. Running Deer wanted revenge for her husband, and went to the shamans, who gave her the mask of a bobcat's face and covered her body with black paste to hide her scent. After days of searching for the Iwa, Running Deer finally saw the Iwa and crept up to surprise it. Having seen her bobcat mask, the Iwa's magic turned in on itself, banishing it for good. It is said Running Deer's spirit now inhabits the Wampus Cat, who continues to watch over and protect her village. Other tales tell of a witch who lived alone in the mountains. At night, she would turn herself into a cat and steal chickens and pigs from nearby farms. So that's just really the tip of the iceberg of the mythology of the Wampus Cat. That's interesting that a woman turned into it and now it's causing all this like mayhem but at the same time it's like protecting its space it's territorial but it's yeah. causing mischief and also how the one woman had it and then this other woman went to get revenge on her and then now she has it and the first woman was set free i feel like all that kind of stuff sounds like uh, it follows ha- sounds like an exorcism yeah i feel like it happens a lot in mythology of that type of vibe of somebody taking up the mantle of something good or bad and then the other person being set free from that burden yeah i agree with that yeah but yeah so that's that's the wampus cat who i mean like i said we could go on and on about the wampus cat the wampus cat also was i know that we mentioned this in the poisonous and venomous episode with the basilisk how it was in harry potter but uh, in J.K. Rowling's Pottermore story, History of Magic in North America, the wampus cat is listed as a source of hair used in magic wands. Hmm. So, so it does exist in that, in the, at least in that In like Harry Potter. I'm sure that she took a lot of cryptids to be all the different creatures yeah, in Harry like Potter. It. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, so that is, those are the female, not female, the feline cryptids that I brought in today. So uh, what do you guys, so we had the cactus cat, the sliver cat, Santa and wampus cat. You see how I was like, Santa is in a similar vein of the wampus cat, but there are some differences between them. You get why I was saying that. Mm -hmm. So out of the four cats, the four big, big boy, big girl cats that I brought in today. What are your favorites? What do you like? Leah, which cat were you just purring for? (laughs) <laughs> i was uh purring for the cactus <laughs> oh of course who doesn't love the cactus cat i love the dramatization of it and again check out the socials it sounds sassy like me yeah it's like it's just Gavin trying to get yes. <laughs> i'm not gonna use your words the cactus cat is just trying to get turned off of the sap and if other people are trying to take the sap he's like no get out of here i'm just trying to they lit. What about you, Chris? I really liked how the Santa cat actually had sightings to it. Like this yeah. was like, like usually like the difference between like an SCP and a cryptid is like actual real life people who have never seen that or heard that before have all said that they saw the same sort of thing. I love that this one actually has some sightings to it. And it's not just a myth. Like it's like people actually sometimes believe that this thing exists. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely the cactus cat was probably some sort of other animal just drinking from cactuses, and the sliver cat was a little bit, uh, you know, it had the big tail and stuff. It's a lot. Um, the wampus cat did have uh, sightings starting as early as, like, the first half of the 19th century, and they continue to this day. Not going to get into it, because it's a lot of just, oh my god, something killed my livestock. Yeah, actually, oh, yeah, yeah, here's, yeah. here's the sighting of the wampus cat. Oh my god, something killed my livestock, and it had huge feet, and it probably wasn't a bear. It was a wampus cat. That's, spoiler alert, all of the wampus cat sightings. Oh. Um, but the center did have other, well, similar, but it's a lot of big cat stuff. But yeah, so that's why I felt like uh, feline deserved its own category of cryptids. And there was even more. There were even other ones that we didn't touch upon, but they're all, they're all kind of dope, like panther-esque cats. Jump mm -hmm. into them. I feel like it's pretty dope. Um, so yeah, so this has been uh, the feline cryptids. Uh, stick around after the sources. We'll tease the next one. But for this strange world, I'm Gavin. I'm Leah. And I'm Chris. Thanks for listening. Stay strange. Bye. Bye. Gavin, where did you get these thick sources from? I can't even do that. I. I can't do that. I can't yeah, I can't. Can't do that. I wish I could. Um, well, we gotta start off strong. The cryptids definition was from Merriam-Webster dictionary. Top dictionary for me. Uh, everything else, wait for it. Cryptids with a Z dot fandom dot com slash wiki. We're talking about feline, fearsome creatures, cactus cat, sliver cat, saunter, wampus cat. Um, also, actually cryptidarchives.fandom cats and cryptozoology was looking into a little bit of how common cats are in cryptozoology um, but all very cool things um, solid episode this was my last episode of the main season of the main nine episodes but I feel like this was a good episode I don't know perfect if I perfect ending it was <laughs> that was a good one that was a shush I, I gotta shush I gotta shush that was a good one no you you have to do it uh, twice because I can't do it. So you got to make up for the lack of the fact that I can't do it. The next episode, we got two more left of the main season to round it out. Chris, you got the yes. next episode. Do you want to you wanna tease it a little bit? I actually have no idea how I'm going to tease it. I mean, we talked, sim it's similar to something that we talked about today. It's definitely, it's similar, but like distinctly but like, different. But like distinctly different. Um, I don't know what you want to say, but I was—I mean, the only pun I could think of was like "take to the skies" with it or something. I don't know. Or soar. This next episode is gonna soar. Yeah, this next episode—I <laughs> got a sore foot. No, this next episode is gonna be great. It'll be good. Forget It'll be—it's uh, similar to what we talked about today. So you'll—if you'll enjoy the one today. What? No, today was cats. I'm sorry. It's similar to the one that we talked about last week. If you like the one last week, then you'll like this one that I'm talking about next week. Uh, hoping to see it soar. So then we can fly in, maybe. Um, then uh, and then Leah will have the last episode. But to hear the teaser of that, you'll have to stay till next week. Mm. Catch you guys yeah. in the next yeah, one. Nice Be sure to like, follow, subscribe. Catch you in the next one. Oh, and it's playing out, and we're fading it out.
This podcast was produced by Gavin Berger, Leah Ettinger, and Chris Ash. Our theme song is by DJ Kai Song, and our logo is designed by Michael Zilvetti. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and check out more episodes of This Strange World available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at This Strange World Podcast and on Twitter at This Strange Pod. If you have any other ideas for future episodes, let us know. You can DM us on our social medias or email hello at thisstrangeworldpodcast.com.